This show is a proud member of Friends in Tech at friendsintech.com. Good morning, folks. This is your captain speaking. Technorama. Remember when? Tech-tech-technorama. On this day in tech history. Tech-tech. And now, the news. Tech. What the chuck? Technorama. Welcome to Blockhead Video. Welcome to Rock Hill Video? What? Where? What? Over there, in the media corner. Technorama. Hold my beer and watch this. Unfasten your seatbelt and disregard all safety rules. Here your flight crew, Chuck and Craig. Welcome to Technorama for March 9, 2011. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If this is your first time listening to Technorama, thank you for joining us. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. We appreciate you giving us your time. I am Chuck Tomasi, and with me as always is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I misheard. Mis- misheard, misread, misled. Misinterpreted. Misinformed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Misinterpreted. That pretty much sums up the whole show right there. Yeah. I got to tell you, the internet gods have been good to us this week with lots of Technorama stories. We have just a ton, a ton of things to cover. Did you notice that it was an exceptional week for Technorama stories? I noticed the Technorama scale was starting to tip. (laughs) Tip? (laughs) I thought that was like the Richter scale. Yeah, there's no tips. (laughs) Richter damn near killed her. No, wait. (laughs) Totally different joke. Oh, oh yeah. Family safe still? Are we still on the family? Can we get the clean rating? No. Good. <laughs> Coming up in this episode, we've got one of the worst iPad accessories ever. Doing a Zoidberg impersonation can be hazardous to your health. And really? my next wish list item for the week. Coming up all after this. Don't go anywhere. This is Richard Green, a.k.a. Mainframe. And if you only have time for one geek podcast... You know which one you have to listen to, and of course, that's Technorama with Chuck and Craig. But if you have time to listen to another one, well, you probably want to listen to Chuck and Craig's other podcast. But if you still have time for at least one other podcast, I'd encourage you to come over to my podcast, Geek Out with Mainframe, at geekoutwithmainframe.com, where I have interviews with people like Michael Plested, Gerald Axelrod, PC Herring, J.R. Murdoch, Christiana Ellis, Mark the Encaffeinated One Killful, Paul E. Cooley, Nathan Lowell with more to come. And of course, kudos to Chuck and Craig for having what is probably one of the best podcasts on the whole internet. Technorama, the podcast most listened to by freaking rock stars from Mars. Me winning. That's me winning. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I couldn't get away without a Charlie Sheen reference this week. It was just too easy. Hey, kids, look, it's us winning. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go home to my ugly kids. No, wait. <laughs> oh. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> I know. I go home to my... I'll stop there. We yeah, have... <laughs> want to give a shout out to the chat room. Apparently from the top of the show, we have misheard lyrics. Rock, Welcome to Rockhead, Rock Hill video, whatever it is. <laughs> Which one was that from? <laughs> that was just me making one up. 
Oh, oh, that's you're what making I up heard. Your own misword and hear, miss her lyrics in the chat room. We have 99 dead balloons. We have Wang Chuck, <laughs> AD. It's raisinets. <laughs> Chicken to hide Tim, Claudio M, Captain Rupert, Deb Drop, Gru, Let's Prance MF, <laughs> Nameless, and ZML West on Cars, and Freeze 2008. <laughs> oh, we stand on cars. That's that's I'm the misheard part of the Canadian National Anthem. And he also has the longest uh, RSC handle I've like seen. Like scrolls in- right off the left side, or the right <laughs> side of the screen. I got to hover over it to see the whole thing. Yeah, and you got like a 27-inch screen there. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got to put, even on the 65-inch plasma, it doesn't fit. I don't understand. Yeah, it can never be big enough. Flipping to the birthday calendar, we have happy birthday on March 11th to Andy Helsby of Absablog and Lootly. March 11th is also Ken Kitzman, a.k.a. Kitzken or Kender from Hell. Two on the 11th. <laughs> Yeah. AKA, well, he's got so many aliases, he's probably wanted by the FBI. Mm. Happy birthday on March 13th to Johanna Gonzalez, AKA Mighty Joe. And don't forget that uh, this isn't quite a birthday, but worth noting that March 14th is Pi Day 314. Are we supposed to eat pie on that day? Absolutely. That's a blog in Lutley. Also, I want to give a huge <laughs> apology for missing Zaha Doom's birthday shout out on last week's show. He was on Ooh. three or 223 or. February 23rd. Yeah, so everybody wish him a happy birthday anyway. Yep. Oh, you know when uh, we screwed up the date last time and we said that, uh, you know, it was Friday and I couldn't really get my brain wrapped around what day of the week we were recording? Wait, we? No, la- two weeks ago when we did this, because <laughs> okay. I was around last week, travel, business, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claudio called up and said, hey, thanks for doing that, because he listened on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it so whatever day it is wherever you are have a great day and if it's We're your birthday this week and we didn't mention you on the birthday calendar happy birthday to I, you we wish you all the I, best and hope you have a great one see we have so little listeners we can customize the show for each individual one <laughs> the ending will be changed at any time so you don't know how this show will end we have alternate endings to every podcast hmm now that would be interesting <laughs> wouldn't it <laughs> Wheels are turning now. Hmm. Hmm. MP3s can be glued together on the fly. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) We'll just record this whole show in like 18 segments and you get six of them randomly. Tell them, everybody, you have to download at least three times to be able to get all three endings. (laughs) And then, you know, advertisers would be like, wow, look at their numbers. This is fantastic. The chat room is encouraging us. That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's check what happened today in history, shall we? Mm, let's do. On this day in history for March 9th, 2011. It was on this day in 1862 that the USS Monitor and CSS Virginia fight to a draw in the Battle of Hampton Roads, the first battle between two ironclad warships. The Barbie doll makes its debut at the American International Toy Fair in New York, Today, on night in 1959. And it was today in 1997 that observers in China, Mongolia, and eastern Siberia are treated to a rare double feature as an eclipse permits Hale Bach to be seen during the day. Happy birthday goes out on this day to German astronomer David Fabricius, born today in 1564. And today is also the birthday of Franz Joseph Gall, a German neuroscientist 
1758. March 9th, 1825 marks the birthday of Russian aviation pioneer Alexander F. Mozhaisky. Hmm, Mozhaisky. Also today. <laughs> also born. Yeah, excuse me. Also born today in 1887, German scientist Fritz Lenz. American computing pioneer Howard Aiken was born today in 1900. And today in 1904 is also the birthday of American engineer and high fidelity pioneer Paul Kiplich. Klipsch. Yeah, that's too. Careful, that, that sounds like a Freudian <laughs> slip waiting to happen. Excuse me. Oh, I fell on my <laughs> Klipsch. Oh, what a pain in the Klipsch that was. Oi. <laughs> on this day in 1923, Austrian born physicist Walter Kohn is born. And the first man in space, Yuri Gergen, is also born today in 1934. And sharing the same birthday is American chess player Bobby Fischer. And finally, in 1963, David Pogue, technology columnist David Pogue, turns. Went, technology columnist David Pogue turns. <laughs> he just turns. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the editor great. forgot <laughs> some words on that line. He turns. <laughs> He would be 48. Turns. And that's the way it was on this day in history for March 9th, 2011. Good news, anyone. First up in the news. Uh-oh, one of my images is missing. Sorry for the black screen. <laughs> Are there any others? Oh, man, the there's a whole bunch missing. All right, we're not going to be doing the segues. Oh, so we'll just go right into the news. What happens yeah. when you put your head in a particle accelerator? Did you ever wonder that? Yeah, it just crossed my mind. Okay, if you're looking at the webcam, hey, as you can see. It, and it actually crossed his mind, too. Yeah, apparently. It says, here's the fa- fascinating story of Anatoly Petrovich Pogorsky, the only person to have stuck his head in a particle accelerator. His head accidentally strayed into the path of the Proton Beam and Institute for High Energy Physics in Protvino in 1978, and the beam bored a hole through his brain and out his nose. Good lord. Yeah, sounds fun, doesn't it? How hard can that be? What were they drinking in the lab at night? He was they taken to the your... hospital and studied as it was something that had never been seen before, as I said earlier, and so they closely monitor him thereafter, fully expecting him to die within a few days at most. Although the skin on part of his face and back of his head, where the beam eventually peeled off after a few days, that must mm. have been like a bad sunburn. Mm-hmm. Bogorski did not die as they thought he would. The beam also burned through his skull and brain tissue, along with the aforementioned skin. However, ultimately, he came through it all with surprisingly well. Despite the beam going through his brain, his intellectual capacity remained the same as before. Dumb as a doorknob. <laughs> the Actually, few he, na- went on, he went on to get his uh, PhD or whatever it was. Um, he stuck his head in a particle accelerator. How smart can you be? <laughs> Maybe it was accident, I don't know. A few negative health drawbacks he did experience were not life-threatening either. He lost his the hearing in his left ear and experienced a constant unpleasant noise in that ear from then on. The mm. left half of his face slowly became paralyzed over the course of the next two years. He also got significantly more fatigued with mental work, though he did go on to get his PhD, as Craig mentioned, after this incident. Mm-hmm. The remaining side effects were occasional absence, seizures, and later tonic-clonic seizures he's lucky he didn't die i mean what's sad is they were telling him oh you're probably gonna die for this you know you know (laughs) and then he didn't of course but that's a that's a good thing but in a slight way he resembles my brother it must have been an accident was it like is this for the greater good you know no he was probably like aligning the field coils like on star trek and someone turned it on 
I never saw Data or Jordy have this problem. What? People get zapped in the stream all the time. That's just amazing. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's uh, frankly, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Here's a nice story that you'll enjoy. 22-year-old's impersonating Professor Zoidberg from Futurama <laughs> got his nose broken and his teeth chipped after being punched in the face by a man who obviously hates hey, cartoons. He was quoted as saying, Soon Leela will lay her eggs and all will be laid well. Okay. The man told police he was just playing around February 11th near King and Calhoun Streets when he began imitating Zoidberg. The report says that the 22-year-old described Zoidberg as a lobster doctor that walks sideways with his claws out and makes a noise. Okay, you're arrested for doing it. When Zoidberg passed another man on the street, the other man reportedly asked, What did you say to me? <laughs> The 22-year-old's friends pulled him away from the man, telling him, keep going, he said nothing to you, according to the report. The man reportedly followed about 20 feet and threw a punch. The alleged assailant, who is known by the 22-year-old, reportedly ran away, the report states. (laughs) Well, you know, saying, he didn't say nothing, just go away, that doesn't really uh, help, (laughs) I don't think. I want to know what he originally did say. There's no telling. If he's in doing, if he's... Ah, you see I'll your gills you are having cloaca. a little problem. <laughs> hey, wait, where are your gills? <laughs> Is that the best mating display you can do? <laughs> I'll tear you a new cloaca. <laughs> What'd you say to me? All right, and another one from the file of the stupid. Idiot drug dealer gets busted. For uh, laundering money in an unusually geeky way. And by the way, I like the the picture they decided to put with the ad. It's uh, Captain America throwing his shield at the word drugs. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, because Captain America's against drugs. Well, most people that make loads of money engaging in illegal activities usually open a business that acts as a front that allows them to filter their tainted money through. Aaron, as if through some kind of mystical nerd alchemy, opted to tread on unexplored territory. He transformed a lot of drug money into comic books. 18,753 comic books, to be exact. (laughs) Wow. As is usually the story for big-time drug dealers, Aaron was caught. Most of the time, federal prosecutors seized the drug dealer's assets, including any and all cash that may be stored away. But in Aaron's case, there was no cash, just 18,753 comic books. I know some people that better watch out just because they have that many comic books. That's right. (laughs) Which in his case were valued at around $500,000. Wow. Lana Gwynn, who says she used to sell Aaron's math. He was making math. Yeah, she used to. (laughs) Claims Aaron's comic book obsession was so bad that she used to make cash exchanges inside comic book stores, at which point... Aaron would turn around and use that cash to buy entire boxes of comics. I can hear the comic, the comic book guy from Simpsons queuing up right now. Are you thinking you about thinking? what? No, no, that was bad. Oh, uh, wow. Where'd, hey kid, where'd you get all those comics? <laughs> and the police officer, you need some help carrying those uh, here. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> That's fun. All right, next up, facts and stray stories. 
And oh my, we have a couple of doozies today. We have first one up from Kean McMahon. Could Kian. you? Kean Kean the man? Yeah, oh, Kian. wait, I'm sorry. I jumped on to remember when. It was no, sorry. I was, was going to say that was another misheard lyric. <laughs> Kean yeah. the man. Kean the man. <laughs> I got uh, I got a new idea. I was talking to uh, PC Herring yesterday, mm-hmm. and we were trying to figure out if he could be writing text on an iPad, because he said, why do we need an iPad? Yada, yada, yada. And you know what? Wait a minute. Uh, he I, was asking what? Hey, we were talking about the iPad. Sure. All right, and uses for it and whatnot. And he said, can you use Google Docs? Yes. And you can for basic text entry on the mobile version. The desktop does not work that well. I can edit documents. And whatnot. No, all... you, can't, you can't enter like bold or anything. Bold right. and highlight well, yeah, or you can just type and go forward, but that's right. about it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, for basic text entry would work. So I got this bright idea. Normally what happens, this is a little behind the scenes, what happens on this end of Technorama is I've got Firefox lined up with all my tabs down the left-hand side. I've got a left-hand tab thing going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first tab is the show notes, and all the other tabs are the detailed stories each tab for a link to each of the show articles. Sure. Well, I'm constantly jumping between like tab eight and back to one, then tab nine and back to one to see where we are. Mm -hmm. And I've heard, I know you've heard many a times I'll do that. I'll say, oh, and now from this article, well, through some obvious flash of, blinding flash of obvious, (laughs) I said, why don't I just keep the show notes on the iPad since I'm not using it as a soundboard anymore? And I can just have them right here on the iPad. So sure. I've got the Hex and Strange Stories. What would happen if a Vulcan studied to be a Jedi? <laughs> Do you well, think that... it could happen, Craig? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I'm trying to figure out how you jump from your story to this, but okay. Because I accidentally jumped down to the Remember When and had to go back up. Oh. This oh, is the first oh. story in the Remember in the uh, Hex and Strange Stories. Okay, sorry. Well, I think actually they would, they would meld pretty good together, wouldn't you think? Because, it's I mean, interesting because the, the, the Jedi aren't really logical, but they do separate their emotions in the same way that Vulcans do. Well, they're supposed to. That's what happened to Anakin. <laughs> so if Anakin was Vulcan, he'd be all right. Anakin was a Jedi fail. <laughs> Jedi fail. Epic. <laughs> Epic Although fail. When, when a Vulcan goes through Pond Far, they'd flip to the dark side for a week or so. And then, you know, once you're there, you don't come back. So that'd be a lost cause. <laughs> Pond far with lightsabers and yeah, <laughs> leave me alone. It'd be better. Hey, uh, yeah, it, it can make it more interesting instead of just Spock throwing the soup out of his quarters. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have to throw it anymore. He just used the force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listeners, we want to hear from you. This is kind of the old Star Wars versus Star Trek debate or Kirk versus Picard. Well, could a Vulcan make a good Jedi? And hey, read, read a couple so, of these on the, here. The, com- the comments they got. What would below. be the pros and cons of each yeah a couple of these on here one says vulcans have their mysticism and well understanding the universe universal connection between all things i could see a vulcan jedi imagine the deadly light lirpas they'd employ (laughs) james uh, floyd adds a vulcan who who is sensitive to the force could easily become a jedi the vulcan mindset uh control over the emotions would lend itself easily to the jedi code mm mm-hmm that also stresses no emotional attachments. A Jedi's sense of selflessness fits well with the needs of the many. Hmm. Chris Turner protests. Hear that? My mind's exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Mohammed bin Navid objects. 
He would never even start, because the concept itself, being empirically tough to prove, would be dismissed very early in his life. And if he somehow stuck to it, he would definitely not see the world like a normal Vulcan, so logic might not be such a huge part of his life. Actually, you know what? Um, I have a feeling that the Vulcan would be a conflict, because he wouldn't know what uh, franchise to, to side with. <laughs> Lucas Roddenberry. Lucas lasers Roddenberry. Lasers or lasers? Uh. <laughs> no, that's, they're light Lirpas. <laughs> yeah, light Lirpa. Bring on the Lirpa. <laughs> All right, next story up we have, oh, one of my favorites. Where is this today? Nintendo cartridge. The NES had... A breathalyzer that's synced to a homebrew NES game, so you can blow into it and find out just how drunk you are. Was this real? I don't think it's real. I think it's a. I think it's it been is a hack. Oh, I mean, this. Well, if this it was a, a hack, Nintendo I cartridge. want a real one for my oh. for my Wii. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> it says drunken NES is a for real NES game loving constructed with machine code by Batsley Adams, music by chiptune artist Chris Kaiser. And art by motherboard photographer Emmy Spicer. A regular NES cartridge has been loaded with the actual breathalyzer mechanism, which Batsley says he bought from a hardware store. He hacked it into a coded, a corded, corded. controller that mm-hmm. connects to the console just like a normal joystick. <laughs> After blowing into it for several seconds, the game calculates how slizzard you are, you've gotten, and awards you with one of several results, in quotes, on screen, like Buzzed Bee or Party Kitten. Best party game ever? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> well, I have to say, there's this is this has got to be some some people's uh, big dream is to put their mouth on their video game <laughs> controller. The, the scoreboard... I'm going with that. But <laughs> the scoreboard reads, Elko Hall of Fame. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I... I would like to see something like this on the Wii. <laughs> Bring your friends over and hook it up to like some sort of lockbox. So if you're too drunk, you don't get your keys back. How do you know the Wii doesn't already do that? Yeah, I want to t- write my own Wii game. I told Lisa this on Saturday. I said, I want to come up with, uh, you know, like some old crotchety, hey, kids, get off my lawn game. So you shake the Wii in the air and, and the kids run away or something. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you do the walker you know, across the floor. I, I'm sorry. That sounds like uh, some kind of prototype game for the Atari 2600. <laughs> hey, you kids. And you fall down. <laughs> oh, my hip. Shake the joystick back and forth and, you know. <laughs> right. Get off of my lawn, you dirty kids. Yeah. And knock over the trash cans and everything. I just terrible, terrible. Don't you think we could do that? All right. Speaking yeah, of sure, old things, where is that? Was it? That was it for Hacks of Strange Stories. Oh man! Then we'll go into Remember When. A yes. couple of great things. This one's from Key and the Man. <laughs> yeah, Key and the Man. Miss misheard chat room handles. <laughs> <laughs> Main Key fame. and the Man sent us How a link, and I'm sure a Main lot of fame. people... Cat... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to start making up uh, uh, cha- new names for everybody in the chat room. Rainframe? No, I said Main Fame instead of Frame. Oh, uh, okay. Misheard hand, uh, chat room handles. 
This one kind of got out of control when I saw it. It had like 70,000 views on YouTube, and now it's got 1.4 million because it hit a whole bunch of news feeds this last week. It's great. This is called Chain of Fools, upgrading your every, upgrading through every version of Windows. They started out with MS-DOS 5 and then put Windows 1, Windows 2, Windows Three well, windows and work for work groups and early, and early on they installed uh, I think it was in their DOS version they had Doom and uh, Secret of Monkey Island yeah the Secret of, and they were try they would upgrade and they would see if those programs would run on future versions and surprisingly and they, did, they did pretty and, well yeah and you know what uh, they they also changed some of the color preferences early on in like version one they set the title bar to red and the background to purple and the you know select to pink or, or something it was it was really obnoxious and mm-hmm. as they upgraded it worked through every version right up to 2000 and then xp went nope you don't get to keep your colors yeah so they set them again and vista nope don't get to keep your colors so they set them XP. again it was they XP. get to windows 7 no it, it's like ever since they got to xp they don't carry the preferences along anymore yeah it's well because there's they no... changed the whole theme like you know, Windows XP, they had the, that, um, what was the name of that? Not Bliss, the, that green background, or the, you know, the pasture background. Yeah, the Teletubbies land. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, I can understand where maybe some of the theme preferences would change uh, in the sense that there there wouldn't be that preference there, you know, for something previously. But that's I would have... I would have liked them seeing uh, made a um, a Windows preference change something in the I and I or something that would be easy to look for, you know, to see if that carried over instead of. Well, I was surprised color. that it worked in two thousand because up until that point, you had the Win dot on I file to hold all those preferences, and then two thousand came along and they still kept the color preferences, which I thought mm-hmm. was just kind of incredible. I am on the totally wrong graphic on that thing. There, there's <laughs> a better one. So it, it I forgot how. But ugly the old interface was in, in like Windows three. Oh yeah, it was just like a. It was well, flat. Seen, well, even what was it? Nor, some of the Norton Utility thing that gave you like a a shell. Um, what was the name of that thing? Norton Commander uh, would kind of look like that a little bit. You know, had that <laughs> interface where you could copy files back and forth, and not incredibly useful. Do you miss your old program manager? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's... Wait a minute. Hold on. No, start, no, start it's run. not. You can't run Progman anymore. You can't? No. Oh. Oh, well. It, that disappeared years and years ago. Trust me, I checked. You're talking to Mr. Legacy here. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, yeah, can't find it. It can be done, because remember every time you'd upgrade from like Windows 3 to 95 or 95 to 90 to 98 to 2000. Yeah, it kept all those it, programs. It, it would, it, well, yeah, and it would also keep a lot of legacy garbage, too, in your in your registry. Well, see, and and that's that's one of the problems that I think Windows has, is that if you keep doing all these upgrades, you're going to end up with a bunch of crud. Right, but the, because they didn't do a bunch of crud between these upgrades, it just went boom, 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 yeah. boom, upgrade, 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 upgrade. It... It never had that negative impact quite the same way. Um, that's what I like how Tim Elliott, um, he said they skipped Windows ME. I was like, well, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> For good reason. Yeah. It's like skipping cancer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'd like to whoa, 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 whoa. Let's skip this one. No, you but wanna, you know, you that's want a shot other... to the forehead, too? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, in that same in that same kind of vein that I was saying, it keeps keeping a lot of crud as you went forward. Um, and not just talking about this video, but that's my big problem with Windows um, historically is that they rely on that red the registry and things get installed, removed, installed, removed. I'm sorry, and the registry kind of blows up. You know, it just get because it's got crud all in it. I get it. Oh, absolutely, crud all in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but but anyway, uh, so you know, it just kind of blows up, and that's when people start having problems. At least some people, not every, not everybody's problem, but yeah, it was never recommended to upgrade. You always back up your data and do a fresh install. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, wow, he's having a good time doing or an easy time upgrading. Uh, from that's one what to I other. was thinking too. Like, I, you fool, don't upgrade. <laughs> and then I started thinking, I don't think I've seen this process because I've pretty much, uh, you know, just um, jumped from one to the other. Did oh, a it was interesting install. to see how long some of these took too, because in the early versions it took 20, 30 minutes to do your whole thing. And then it's like an hour and a half for an upgrade? Yeah. Seriously? And you know what you know what's amazing? Is you know, nowadays, I mean like, okay, I'm just throw this out there. Ubuntu, right? You go you have it installed. I can do a distro upgrade and be in the new version within less less than twenty minutes. <laughs> I can install a full version of Ubuntu in you know, less than thirty. You know, it's like complete. So the technology's here. It's just and speaking of technology, you know, a couple of weeks ago we mentioned that uh, the the cars that were modeled after airplanes and things, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the, 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 the streamline effect. Well, back in the 1950s, someone had a good idea, or thought they had a good idea, to put the spare tire to use. It would drop down through the trunk of the car and help you parallel park, so you could just like park the nose in there, and you know, the big old Buick or Packard or whatever you were driving could pivot. The nose would pivot because this uh, this rear tire would be perpendicular to the other rear tires. So mm-hmm. it, would, it would let you move the back end kind of horizontally, if you were, making it easier to park and unpark, especially if you were crammed into another spot. Yeah. Now, and hey, then they, wasn't this on uh, – this was part of those, car, those futuristic cars we think we talked about a while back. Car of tomorrow. I yeah. don't know. No, remember that? that we, were, we talked about the several cars, but this is – a. Um, the video specific to this one, but it was in the video where the guy pulled up and, went, and slid in. I think it's kind of cool. It is cool. That's a neat invention. I wonder why it never took off. Probably because it was mechanically difficult to get the drivetrain hooked into that you're going thing. down the road and all of a sudden it drops and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what in the yeah. world is that sound? That's well, funny. That's funny you should mention that. Because you know how how the spare tires now are like hoisted up underneath, like on my minivan, Mm -hmm. it's underneath. I've got a Toyota recall here that fixes, that says you got to come in and we'll fix your cable because it might let loose on you. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) You know what I would do? I'd take that spare tire and put it on the inside until I fixed it. (laughs) I'm not worried about it. Hmm. I'll get it fixed. I just haven't, the schedule's been a big old mess. All right, we will take a quick break and be right back with the Media Corner. How's that sound for you? Sounds good. Chuck and Craig, I haven't talked to you in a while. I thought I'd say hello and see how Technorama was doing. Pedro. Who are you, mister? Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yes. I think I saw one of your películas. Movies. Pulp Fiction, Star Wars, and The Incredibles. I'm just baking another cake for Chuck and Craig. 
They do such a good job. Stop wasting all your free time making a mess in the kitchen. What are you talking about, Mr. Samuel? I'm talking about snakes on a plane. Yeah, snakes on what? What you mean as snakes? I know that sounds crazy, but I don't give a damn because snakes on a plane! I think you're local, Mr. Jackson. You've been sitting in your bathtub too long. Last time I went in a bathtub, I got bald hair. For God's sake, quit waxing your big bald head. Just hop on that greasy bike, go get your homeboy, Charles and Craig, and go see snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane! Snakes on Snakes a plane. Plane. plane! If you ask me, you need to get your geek on. God save the Technorama Overlord. Welcome to Blockhead Video. Hey, where can I find some good information about music and TV and videos and things? Over here, in the media corner. Hey, you know, we, we'd give a tip of the hat to Blockbuster, because, you know, the Blockhead Video thing. And uh, yeah. interestingly enough, the media corner this week, I found a couple of training videos from the 90s for <laughs> Blockbuster employees. Oh, my gosh. I watched the first one. There's two on this website on the Daily What. And uh, it, by the it, way, it's oh, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. It's interesting because you know these are kind of cheesy from the VCR days and whatnot. But it, the 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 premise is this girl is getting trained on how to be a better salesperson because one of the neighbor ladies comes in and she's looking for movies and she says, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have any of those." And the the man comes on the TV monitor and says, "Hey, I see a missed opportunity." She goes, "What do you mean?" I he says, "You could tell her about other and and." other movies by these actors. And she says, well, you know, sometimes I forget the titles and whatnot. He says, here's a booklet of the top 50 movies. Memorize them. <laughs> a booklet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and this mother happens to be, uh, uh, you know, this neighbor lady happens to be the mother of one of the boys she likes. Like, maybe I should ask Todd out. And uh, he says, well, he did have those tickets to the Bon Jovi concert. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> there's something that's actually still timely. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Can I get those tickets? <laughs> At least he didn't say something like poison or something. <laughs> Can I have those 20-year-old tickets? <laughs> hey, I, so like I, the, I like the music at the beginning. Of the, it's like a yeah. corporate corporate music type thing. <laughs> well, it is a corporate video thing. Yeah. Oh, I know. It just, But it's like so 80s. So, are, so is her hair and pants. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She's got the high-waisted pants that were, you know, late 80s, early 90s things. My kids laugh at those. Go, Mom, look at your pants. Oh, I have a, I have some pictures of me, I guess, back in mid-90s, mid and I had these uh, glasses, and they they came down to my cheek. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the goggles, as the girls call those. Um, well, yeah, they were polo. I mean, you know, I was stylish, but... <laughs> Funny you should mention that, because you know me, within arm's reach... I still have those glasses. All right, I'm not going to put them on now, but yeah, they are in arm's on. reach. I do have those glasses from the 80s. I don't know why. I should have donated them to the glasses box a long time ago. Chuck, those aren't the glasses you're looking for. Move along. Move along. So, it, it, you know, <laughs> as cheesy as this is, there are some concepts in here that are still valid for uh, sales technique, techniques. Listen to your customers and and turn their problems into solutions and offer suggestions <laughs> and whatnot. It, it's, it's actually pretty good. I... Uh... I like the little 
disembodied guy on the TV. Look at his outfit. Yeah, it, it looks like you know, Les looks Nessman like, or something. He looks like a cheap imitation of what uh, they couldn't afford Max Headroom. So a used like, car salesman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, what's the... Oh, what was the... Not Les, but what was the other guy on WKRP, the other sales guy? Um, Venus Flytrap? Oh, no, oh yeah, Herb Tarlick. Herb, that's what he looks like <laughs> Don't it, that that hurt going back that far? Ow! Don't do that again. It looks like him, doesn't it? <laughs> don't Either do that or that Howie again. Mandel with hair. <laughs> All right, All let's right. move along. Speaking of bad suits, <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> Gizmodo had a why, why, why? For the love of God, why does the iPad suit still exist? This is the worst iPad accessory I've ever seen. It's a regular looking suit, but it has an extra large pocket inside for your iPad. No. Oh, nobody could possibly notice that. You may, you know how uncomfortable that'd be when you sit down? Sit down? How about walking? The thing would be going ka-thunk, ka-thunk, ka-thunk against yeah. your thigh. I mean, just think, I mean, no, seriously, when you sit down, you know, it would kind of push up a little bit and, you know, it wouldn't feel comfortable. <laughs> I couldn't see how that would work at all. Adrian Covert over at Gizmodo says, Another year has passed and another iPad has surfaced from the shadowy Cupertino mist. But you know what else has resurfaced? The iPad suit. Yeah, Moen's. The New York City Tailoring Outpost is still offering to add an oversized iPad pocket to their suit coats, which is a perfectly good way to take the class out of any suit you paid hundreds of dollars for. I'm sure they trimmed down the pocket to better fit the iPad, too, or something. But really, does it even matter? Even more cringing-inducing, they've expanded their offerings to include overcoats and other outerwear. You know, they, they have an accessory that, you know, that kind of negates the need for the ipad it's called the iphone <laughs> this guy's got a and it fits in your pocket <laughs> right right it's like yeah. oh man just put it inside your you know portfolio or briefcase or something that is hope, really really that's really not sad a euphemism that's... for something else chuck is it <laughs> just put it in your portfolio right along. <laughs> Hey, All right, Geek hey, you Library. If you're I like, this. like that. You can afford to put an iPad in a folder to hold certain files. That's in right. File cabinet. <laughs> Save the suit. Save yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay, you came up with this one. Nice picture. It's a Rock Norman Rockwell version of Spider Man. It's the classic picture of of the guy sitting at the soda fountain, leaning over and talking to the little boy. Well, this is like a Halloween, and there's a rather wow muscular spider-man sitting there well i like how spider-man and the little kids dressed up as the go- green goblin oh i didn't even notice that <laughs> oh boy <laughs> well his mask was like hanging over the lap I... yeah yeah that's what he is the green goblin so i thought it was cute and the the counter guys that's part is actually very well done this is awesome mm-hmm. i'd like to see the, the same artist be doing more in the in the comic motif yeah, or something. You I'm know, carving the turkey with, you know, Batman and Wonder Woman and everybody sitting around the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the guy does good work. There's some other things on there, but not like, not quite like that. But, uh, yeah, some good stuff in there. So It's a holiday of Justice League. <laughs> Justice League. Thanksgiving dinner. That didn't roll off the tongue at all. Hey, I want to see him just do some more Norman Rockwell, like, uh, you know, the Four Freedoms, you know, where, the one where they're, not the Four Freedoms, but the one they're, where they're, Carving the turkey and the whole family's around. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. like Superman. <laughs> That's what I just said. Oh, okay. Wow, that image didn't translate well, did it? Okay, moving along. All right. Speaking of images, you have to explain this one to me because you listed it as best tattoo ever. 
Well, that's kind of what I saw on the site that I linked to it from. But yeah, best, that's the best tattoo, you know. And um, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they used the improbability drive, and they they were coming up to Magnathia. Magna, I can't say it right. Anyway, they um, the the, improb- the improbability drive had uh, conjured up a falling potted plant and a whale. Well, the whale. Um, you oh, know, the pot, yes, the pot yes, was like, okay. no, no, not again. And the whale was thinking, was taught having a conversation with the ground. Oh, maybe it'll be nice to me. I wonder if it'll be friends with me. So. That's right. I totally spaced on this. <laughs> I, I got the don't panic reference. Okay. <laughs> let me explain this to the listeners on this person's right arm is the words, oh no, not again. And a potted plant falling with the word don't. And on his left arm, he's got his palms upturned so you see the underside of his forearms on the left arm is i wonder if it'll be friends with me and a giant sperm whale falling and underneath <laughs> that is panic so it says don't panic across almost his wrists got it <laughs> i was i was like totally spacing on that one because i you know everybody remembers the dolphins so long and thanks for all the fish yes but uh okay Maybe you should go back and read hitchhiker's guide i think so in my case it was listen to hitchhiker's guide but oh listen yeah, it was actually pretty good. I forgot who. who you must I got read those it in the original Klingon. <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare is best when yeah served cold revenge. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of bad interpretations, here's something no kid will ever want. I mean, you know how Dune isn't exactly a child friendly movie or book. Well, now they have the child unfriendly coloring book. Yes, the uh, someone found an archive of a Dune coloring book. I'm just going to put a few images of this up on the screen. <laughs> Dune coloring book, that's just... Okay, it's the Kid Unfriendly Coloring Books of Dune. And these actually did exist. I think one of my favorites is the uh, Paul standing there holding what looks like a cookie, and it says, no-bake spice cookies. Yummy. Paul eats delicious spice cookies. They give him energy for his special training. You can make some cookies that'll give you energy, too. This easy recipe yields 48 to 60 cookies, so plan to share them with your friends. And where do you get the spice for that? <laughs> it's called cinnamon. <laughs> it's just, that's, I got some out of the kitty's litter box. <laughs> Mommy, you know, you collect all four. There's oh, the, the Dune cutout activity book, the Dune activity book, the Dune coloring book, and the Dune puzzles, games, mazes, and activities. I think I actually remember the puzzle one. I don't remember What's, where I saw it. What was the um, that creature's name, the one that uh, that could fold space and time because of the spice? The Navigator. That's the thing? Okay, and yeah. The worm dude that looked like he was in a, a car train. Yeah. Or a train car. Yeah. That, yeah, uh, that's him. That, that's just kind of look. They got the the follow the dots. Yeah, that's the dot to dot. It's like, what is it? It's like, it's, what the hell else could it be? It, it looks like a a walrus that had burns or something. <laughs> a burn victim walrus. That's what he looks like. Hey, it's it great, I love that description. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Poor thing. Okay, finally in Wait, bless the its uh, heart. <laughs> geek library, we have comics. That actually proved Lois Lane was manipulative and marriage-obsessed. Duh. <laughs> a friend who knows I love this kind of stuff gave me four old issues of Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, a DC Comics title published between 1958 and 1974. These relics of a go- time gone by are hilariously terrible. 
I'd always thought of Lois as a practical, hard-nosed reporter, but I guess that was all Margot Kidder's doing. In these comics, without fail, Lois is possessive, jealous, needy, self-centered harpy who repeatedly attempts to persuade, bully, or trick Superman into marrying her. (laughs) There's a uh, cover on here. i got to blow this up just a little bit to read the text. On the cover of one of them, it says, Admit it, Lois. Superman has Lois on the stand. Right, and there's a picture of him and another in another word kissing. <laughs> and Batman has just got his head on his hand on his forehead. Admit it, Lois, you were always jealous of Lana Lang because she was my childhood sweetheart when I was Superboy. So you murdered her. And Batman is sitting there like he's got a migraine. I'm the world's greatest detective, yet I can't find any evidence to give get to save Lois from the death house. Actually, you know what? Batman's got his fingers on his head like. He's kind of looking like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? Every week. This this all reminds me of, um, uh, I know this is a jo- this is family-friendly show, but uh, the Superman is a dick website. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> At superdickery.com. And the first one on here is, they show covers and little quotes from Superman, and you're like, yeah, that's, that's not a cool thing to say. It's like, there's Lois Lane and Pat Boone. They're both singing, and she's oh my on the piano. goodness! And then he said, "Superman's come flying down, and you know they're singing a song together." Superman flies down. And he says, "Pat Boone and Lois Lane are singing a new song about me. It's a great tune, but I must use all my superpowers to prevent it becoming a hit." <laughs> what? <laughs> he wants to use his powers to prevent it from being coming a hit. <laughs> Oh, my. I like the second one the best. I think in the middle. All's fair in love and war. In this all-star collection, you will see how jealous Lois Lane fights her greatest rivals for Superman. Lois Lane's duel with Lana Lang and their fencing. Like, that's that's the best way to kill somebody. And uh, down at the bottom, it's got three panels with Superman and Supergirl. Superman and Lori the Mermaid. And Superman and Cleopatra. <laughs> wow, Superman! I didn't know uh, I, I, he's into stealing Aquaman's girlfriend or something. <laughs> wow, that must be interesting. <laughs> That's really hey, something. There's Superman on that, on that Super Dickery site again. Here's another I could, one. I could really go somewhere with the whole fishy thing, but I'm not going <laughs> no, to. No, here's here's <laughs> Superman's girlfriend. Low and light. Another one right here, and it's, she's getting ready to marry marry Titan Man, Superman. And she's saying, Superman, stop my wedding to Titan Man. I just found out the terrible secret he's hiding in his mask. And he's Superman's just kind of... Whoa, 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 I don't... (laughs) Superman's all kicked back, and he's like, serves you right for choosing him over me, Lois. Marry him. (laughs) (laughs) And he looks so indifferent. Hey, he looks so indifferent. He's like got his hand cocked up a little bit like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) All right, we had so much stuff this week, we couldn't fit it all into the show. So check out the show notes. We've got a few extra bonus links for you, like the Weeping Angels cross-stitch from Michelle. I thought that was awesome, by the way. Yes. Scenes from Star Trek Con from nearly 40 years ago. Oh, my. Some of those people are just as bad as they are today. It's fun to watch. (laughs) And also photos from cons from as far back as the 1920s. Wow. Yeah, some real retro gear. I think people should dress up like this more often. How to furnish your bomb shelter, courtesy of the government. I think like, that was on the um, the Home and Garden channel, too. 
And one of my birthday wish list things from Think Geek. You'll see what oh. it is if you join the sh- if you look at the show notes. They came out with some new stuff, and I went, I was, "Oh, I need oh, one of those." That's you know what's so funny? Cool. Me and you saw this together because I thought this was great too. That is awesome, and I could use a new one of. Well, you just go to the show notes. And by the way, this is show two ninety nine, which means next week, if schedule goes as a- accordingly, we will be on show three hundred. Wow, that's like a tricentennial. <laughs> yeah, 300, man. And you know, really, we've done more shows than just 300. Well, we did all the network shows and whatnot, too. We, mm-hmm. Did we count the interviews? <laughs> I don't know uh, if we counted the interviews. It doesn't matter, but it's just a lot more than 300. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And you counted all the other podcasts and whatnot. So it's been a lot of fun. If you're going to call in, now's the time to do it. Now's the time, which is, you know, because you only get this every 100 shows or so. There will never be another 300 show. Yeah, and you can make whatever cheesy references you want to the movie. Yeah, or... This is Technorama! (laughs) Kick you off of the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) I am Jerksies. (laughs) Jerksies. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 206-222-CHAT, 206-222-2428. Hey, if you're in the UK or somewhere outside the US where that number is not convenient and cheap, you can use the Skype listener line, which is just Chuck Chat. You'll hear the friendly message that says, thank you for calling Technorama listener line, da-da-da-da-da. Send us an email if you want. We'll be happy to uh, read those out to technorama at chuckchat.com. The rest of the contact info you can find on the site for Skype and uh, Twitter and uh, whatever else you want on there. It's... It's cool. It's cool. Birthday calendar, too. If you happen to be around on Sunday nights, we'd love to see you in the chat room. We do this live every week, 9.30 Eastern time. Do we have a time zone change coming up next week? We do, don't we? Yes, we do. In the U.S., we do anyway. Springing forward. Oh, it means morning's going to be dark again. Yeah, just when it started to brighten up. But you get more time in the evening. Hey, what do you care? You work from home. You can just kind of get up and walk in there and sit down. You're at work. It's really depressing when it's dark when you get to work and dark when you get home and you're still at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that does suck. I got to get up and turn the light on and I'm not done with work yet. (laughs) All right, that that takes us to the end of the show. We appreciate you giving us your time. We also want to thank all the other people who who donate their time and talent to keeping Technorama going. Thanks to Mad Marv for all the great blog content during the week. Watch... Wow. Watch the website. Watch the RSS feed if you want to keep that going. Ustream, who provides our modest live streams on Sunday night, as I mentioned. Sunday night, 9.30. We usually put a tweet out, so if you want to keep track of that, remember us. Chat room provided by thinstack.net. Thank you to Steve Rickerberg and all the people there that uh, generously contribute that. We do have all that stuff. If you just go to chuckchat.com slash technorama, you'll see there's the live streams and there's the chat room. You don't need any login. It's it's so simple. You don't need any password or anything. This show is a proud member of Friends in Tech. You can find out more at friendsintech.com. We're also affiliated with all the great podcasts over at Farpoint Media. We'd uh, encourage you to go over there and check them out. Until next time, tell a friend about Technorama. And as always... A binary high five. One, zero, one. Hooray! A happy ending for the rich people. What'd you say to me? <laughs>